We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. Throw yourself into every snap. Let's have a blast for the next three and a half hours. Bring it up. Let's go. We're all on the same page. Good things come out of that. Let's go, Let's go. Every week's a new challenge. We still have a lot of room to grow, but not like where we're at right now. Here we come. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to College Football Live with Roddy Jones and Sam Ocho. I'm Wendy Next. We look now at a snapshot of what lies ahead, and we'll start with some heavy hitters as we make our way into week eight. Ohio State has won each of its last 26 games against Indiana. The longest on-field win streak by one team over another in Big Ten history. The Buckeyes currently have the sixth best chance to make the playoff, according to our FBI. Michigan, by the way, how about this? A 95% chance to beat Northwestern for FBI. So you're saying there's a chance. If they win next week, it will be the first time Michigan and Michigan State are both 7-0 at the same time on a collision course to play each other. And Penn State will play Illinois this Saturday on ABC. The Nittany Lions have won 11 of the last 14, including wins by 30 or more points in each of the last three. Time now for our weekend wake up brought to you by Wendy's breakfast. It's going to come down to the wire in the Big Ten and it's the eastern side of the conference that is demanding all the attention. Ohio State has the best chance among them to make the conference title game at 56 percent followed by Michigan at 27 percent and Michigan State at 11. Uh, listen it's tight at the top Sam Ocho. That's a good thing for college football but how do you see this Big Ten East shaking out. Yeah, well, I see the one-loss team in Ohio State beating out all the other teams in the Big Ten East, even though they already have a loss. But here's why. Their offense is playing at an amazing, for some people would say an alarming rate if you're defending them. The last time we saw C.J. Stroud in this offense, he put up 406 yards and five touchdowns. The time before that, he put up over 300 yards and five touchdowns. The week before that, when he was injured, they had over 50 points. And so this offense is clicking on all cylinders. Yes, we understand they're going into a gauntlet. We're going to see Ohio State play Michigan. Michigan play Michigan State. Penn State play all these teams. So I think it's going to be tough, but Ohio State, I believe, will come out on top. Yeah, Sam, I, I agree with you. So I'm going to flip to the other side of this foursome and talk about the, guy, the team that I think is at the bottom of this four, and it's Michigan State to me. And honestly, when you look at the units – 
uh, it, when you talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, that Michigan State defense stands out as the one that may hold Michigan State back. Ohio State's defense, has, defense hasn't torn it up the entire season. They've got the elite offense you just talked about on the other side. You look at Michigan and Penn State, solid units on both sides of the football. Now, the injury status of Sean Clifford is going to be paramount in making this decision, but all things being equal and Sean Clifford being healthy, I, I think I just trust Michigan State the least because of the offense. They can rush the football. Outside of the Rutgers game, the passing game has been up and down. And then defensively, they've picked on lesser competition in, in recent weeks. But when facing those other three teams, I just don't know if that defense is going to hold up. It's such an interesting scenario, especially now that you have Ohio State playing such better football than we saw at the outset of the season, uh, really shaping up to come down to the wire just the way we like it. Uh, and with that, we will take a look at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview, UCLA hosting Oregon. Actually, uh, here's our schedule. This is Eyes on next week, Saturday. If Michigan beats Northwestern, both teams will be 7-0 for the first time in the same season. We talked about that. And 7.30 Eastern on ABC, Ohio State has won its last four, again playing better football as they've settled in. Penn State last won at Ohio State in 2011. It's Saturday night football on ESPN, Ohio State at Indiana, Saturday, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ESPN and the app, one app, one tap. And now we have it, our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week, and it is UCLA hosting Oregon on ABC. Oregon, by the way, winning 13 of the last 16. Chip Kelly in his fourth season at head coach at UCLA, the same number of seasons he was at Oregon, but he's yet to have a winning season. He's also lost twice to Oregon, his former team. Here is the head coach. The opponent or the rank never comes into any of our conversation. It's if we win this week, it's like winning the Super Bowl. And every week for us is the Super Bowl. You know, we had a Super Bowl win last week against Washington, um, and we hopefully can get a Super Bowl win this week against Oregon. Well, for us, it's always a one and no process, so being one to know, and that's for us, it begins and ends with that all the time. Uh, we pour into that process. We stay focused on the process. Guys understand big picture standpoint, everything, but we don't really get into any of that. Roddy, it most always comes down to X's and O's, yes? So if you had to pinpoint the critical factors for UCLA in this game, what would they be? One, running the football, and number two, stopping the run. And I'll start with number two first. Uh, Anthony Brown for Oregon, the Oregon quarterback, hasn't played all that well on the road this year. When you look at what he did on their last road trip at Stanford, struggled in that game. So if you can stop the run and put the game on Anthony Brown, even though this UCLA pass defense hasn't been great all season, they're getting healthier on defense. So I think they'll be able to have some success against Oregon on offense. And then when you flip over to UCLA's offense, this thing is built the right way. They win in the trenches. They play with a ton of tight ends. They're doing a lot of fun stuff uh, in terms of running the football with their, with their backs, with their tight ends, with their receivers, how they're pulling and blocking. So I think their ability to run the football is going to be huge, and it may come down to Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, running the football. He has really started to pick it up on the ground, over 80 yards rushing a week ago. He can obviously do it with his arms, but when he can run the football, 
it really gives offense, it really gives defenses a lot of headaches because of the number advantages that UCLA already creates with its tight ends. When you add the quarterback run game in there, it just gives defensive coordinators headaches. So I look at them running the football on offense, being able to stop the run on defense as the key to win. And, and Wendy, I think they pull it off. Well, you know what? That's good news for Chip Kelly. I don't know about you. It seems like he was at Oregon forever, right? It yeah, seemed just like, you know, Chip Kelly is with the Oregon Ducks. And now to think he's been at UCLA for the same amount of time, it's hard to believe he needs this win. Uh, and, of course, we'll see. We hear Roddy calling the upset. Uh, remember when we were only talking about conference realignment? Remember that? The FCC getting bigger <laughs> and badder? Well, uh, the pieces continue to shift. Uh, the AAC making an announcement this week about conference realignment. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB have accepted invitations to join. This was made official today, and it will take a few years, 2023, 2024, but once all the announced realignment shuffles out, the additions would give the AAC 14 teams in football and basketball. All right, Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett may not be a household name, but odds are he should be. You may be surprised to see who shares a similar resume. College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. And in part by Allstate. Save money like a champion with Allstate. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm -hmm. like. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now, a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape, do you want to comment? 30 for 30 Podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clips. We reshot the scene, and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters, an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clipped wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. Who doesn't love a little midweek college football? Coastal Carolina App State, that dude getting a head start on Halloween. Maybe trying to try out for Acho Mind. Third quarter, Shamari Jones, the handoff goes in for the score. Coastal takes the lead, 27-21. But back comes App State, Cameron Peoples. He's got a long way to go, and he'll do it. Takes the handoff 43 yards into the end zone. Problem is, they botched the extra point, so now we're tied at 27. 2.45 left. App State on the move. Chase Bryce 
looking, finds Malik Williams for the first down. That's deep into coastal territory. That's all she wrote because Chandler Staten's kick is up, and it is good. App State wins it by 330 to 27. That leaves 10 teams in the FBS that remain undefeated, including Cincy. There are four group of five teams on this list. UTSA, San Diego State, and SMU. Cincinnati has the best chance among those to win out at 55%, according to FBI. Other notable teams include Michigan and Michigan State, again on that course to face each other, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and Wake Forest, who we likely don't talk about enough. So that, that's where we'll start, Ryan. Which of these undefeated teams, in your estimation, is the most underrated? Wendy, you know exactly where I was going. It's the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And when you look at what Dave Clawson has been building in his tenure in Winston-Salem, he's really been preparing this team for this. They've been good for a lot of years. They've gotten off to hot starts for a lot of years. But there's something that feels different about this Wake Forest team. Sam Hartman has been fantastic at quarterback. They've got excellent receivers in Jaquari Roberson and A.T. Perry and Taylor Morin. They've got a running back in Christian Beal-Smith who is excellent. So we often talk about Wake Forest as sort of this nice story, disciplined team, sort of been growing, but they are extremely talented. One of the most disruptive teams on the uh, defensive side of the football as well, third in the ACC in sacks. So Wake Forest is where I go first. And then secondly, it's SMU. In the, in the American Conference, we talk so much about Cincinnati that we haven't given uh, SMU its due. This is an excellent offense led by Tanner Mordecai, who's an Oklahoma transfer. They've got five receivers who have 10 or more catches, four of them over 200 yards receiving. He spreads the ball around. Grant Calcaterra at tight end has been fantastic. Uh, Denny Gray has been excellent as well. So overall, this offense has been fantastic. One of the best in the entire country, Sam. And I don't think SMU gets its due that it deserves being undefeated. Well, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. SMU does need its due, as does Wake Forest. But let's not forget about Oklahoma State. I mean, come on now. Oklahoma State is undefeated. They beat Texas. They beat Baylor, which is now ranked. And they've been playing different, a different style of football. We see some offensive highlights. Spencer Sanders are going to see. You're probably going to see a lot of Jalen Warren, their star running back. But it's their defense that has been dominant. That was a game-winning interception last week, coming back from down big against Texas. See another fumble recovery. Their defense under Jim Knowles has been dominant. They're 18th in the FBS, only giving up 4.71 yards per play. The defense in Oklahoma State, not the offense, not Mike Gundy and his brilliance. Their defense is what's keeping them alive. And so that's why I like Oklahoma State in this conversation. That one got Sam Acho fired up. He likes to talk about that <laughs> defense. And he's also a glass half full guy, so that works well yeah. for him. Yeah. They're and an underdog like, this week, Wendy. also like I well, yeah, but you know what? Underdogs are made to uh, to shock us all. This will be a glass half full situation for Sam as well. I know he'll like this because we're going to go from undefeated teams to underrated players. It's that time of the year where we should be talking about certain guys. Sometimes we don't. And Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett has been on a tear of late. Nine touchdowns, no interceptions in his last three games. All by the way, Pitt wins, which is likely the most important stat. Here's his head coach, Pat Narduzzi. You know, we've got the best quarterback coach, uh, best quarterback in the country in Kenny Pickett, um, who is finally being talked about as a Heisman uh, type guy. He's had an incredible year. He's smart. He's composed. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't wait to watch him play on Saturday at 330. All right, then. And how about Brent Venables? He's seen 
a few players in his time as Clemson's defensive coordinator. Here's what he's had to say. We've seen a bunch of good quarterbacks over the years, but he's a lot like Joe Burrow from an experienced and calmness and accuracy and can run and makes all the right decisions and has a good complement of players around him and a good system that takes advantage of his skill set. Before you think he's crazy, how about take a look at this? Uh, Venables has a point because through six games, Kenny Pickett has put up a pretty similar stat line to Joe Burrow from that 2019 season, one of the best, by the way, in college football. Burrow hasn't beat in total yards and touchdowns responsible for, but Pickett right alongside pace-wise, Pickett's QBR slightly lower, but this season is good enough to be second in the FBS, FBS behind only C.J. Stroud. So when you look at it like that, and again, Sam, that was a historic season for Burrow. That's some pretty good company. Uh, why aren't we talking more about Kenny Pickett, and what is making him so effective? Yeah, well, I'll start with the second question first. He's so accurate. He's a super senior. He's been there for a long time, so he's accurate with his passes, but he can also do it with his legs. That's what makes him special. But why aren't we talking about him more? The reason why is that he has, hasn't really had an opportunity to shine on a national stage. You see him shining against, some people might say, lesser opponents. And he has played really, really well. 21 touchdowns. We talked about it. But he has the opportunity of a lifetime this Saturday against Clemson, which is the number two ranked defense when it comes to points given up. They're number two. Pitt has a number three ranked offense when it comes to points scored. And so Kenny Pickett has an opportunity to shine to not only to silence the doubters, but to put himself on a national stage. Even though Clemson is down offensively, their defense is still strong. Yeah, you're exactly right. The respect for Clemson's defense has not waned this season. And look, Kenny Pickett's kind of like Keanu Reeves at the end of the Matrix when he starts to see the Matrix. And everything is slowed down <laughs> around him. And, and I, I think the thing that is most underrated is what he does right here. When he gets outside of the pocket, his ability to deliver accurate passes uh, is, is absolutely elite. I've had a chance to do a bunch of pit games during Kenny's career, had their spring game uh, in the spring. And you can see the way he's matured, made a decision to come back to Pittsburgh, had an invite to the Senior Bowl last year, decided to come back to boost his draft stock and to have a great season, and he's absolutely doing that. You have to hope he can do it on the big stage against Clemson to get the credit he deserves. By the way, not a quality Thursday until you have a Matrix reference, or Keanu Reeves for that matter. So well, we're, we're good on both fronts. We can move on. I tell you what, we'll move on to what makes us go acho mind. It's Thursday. That means Sam will look at the wild and wacky from the weekend college football. And, uh, you know, nothing says wild and wacky like Marshawn Lynch. He'll make a guest appearance when we come back. College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Welcome back to College Football Live. Tiffany Green along with the good fella Jay Walker. We're here to shake down all that's happening in the world of HBCU football. And of course, we're graduates of FAMU and Howard, respectively, so it's homecoming season. We know how essential uh, homecomings are to the HBCU culture, but we got a couple of big ones coming up. Let's look back to last weekend, though, Jay. Jackson State, Deion Sanders doing something special in Jackson, Mississippi.
I mean, the fighting prime to getting the job done. I mean, let's think about it. They probably have the best resume of any HBCU this football season, having knocked off Alabama A&M, Florida A&M, and Alabama State. They control their own destiny, and they've been rewarded. They're ranked in the top 25 in the nation for all of FCS football. Largest ever HBCU homecoming crowd packed the vet to see Jackson State. Meanwhile, you look to Prairie View A&M, the team that's number two in your HBCU power rankings. They head to Baton Rouge, an all-important game for the Panthers, who put up the top offense, total offense, in the SWAC. I mean, that's what Eric Dooley's going to do. The head coach is an offensive genius at putting points on the scoreboard, bringing the transfer quarterback from Louisville Pass, and you're talking about an offense that's so balanced, it's difficult to defend. But they've got a huge one when they take on Southern. Whoever wins that game is going to be in the driver's seat, along with Alcorn, to represent the SWAC in the uh, SWAC championship and try and make it to the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Okay, let's move over to the MEAC because Norfolk State is no easy win for Howard as they host the Spartans. This is going to be an intriguing matchup as the Spartans heading to the Mecca. I've got Norfolk State ranked as my number three squad in all of HBCU football. They've got a great quarterback in Jawan Carter who can throw the ball all over the field. But, hey, make no bones about it. It's homecoming season. Howard University does homecoming better than anybody. I said it, and the Bison are playing their best football. This is a must-see matchup, not only for the star power that'll be in Washington, D.C., but for this football game. Howard coming off a two-game win streak, first time in a long time. And as I mentioned before, Norfolk State, they're in the driver's seat right now in the MEAC. Come check out homecoming, everybody, and we'll be there to call the action on ESPNU Saturday night. Guys, thank you. Meanwhile, Alabama has won 14 straight against Tennessee. That's a lot. Nick Saban has beaten five Tennessee coaches. He can add number six to the list this weekend when the Tide hosts the Vols in Tuscaloosa. And maybe that's one reason he almost appeared relaxed. Guys in the, in the middle of the defense normally, or that's sort of a, guys especially call the defense, that's sort of a leadership role. How was that for Henry Toto this year, coming in as a first-year player at Alabama? And how has he sort of progressed in that role? Well, I have a question for you, first of all. I mean, did I finally get to meet the boss? <laughs> I apologize. My, my wife is not home yet, so I'm having to pull dad duty. Well, this is the best behavior I've seen you on since I've been here. <laughs> I mean, obviously. I apologize. So, no, you don't have to apologize. I mean, I, I if this is the way it's going to be, I'd like for him to be there all the time. <laughs> I love everything about that. I love it. And he that's was, a cute baby, by the way. Yes, yes. And he was so uncomfortable, like, saving. are you mad at me? Are you not? I, I'm, I, my <laughs> yeah. bad. I apologize. <laughs> I, I'm I, so I sorry. It. I'm so sorry. I'm going to kill my wife. <laughs> uh, I loved right, it you've all been there. You've got young kids. Yeah, I've loved it all other than the apology. My three-year-old came in when I was talking to Jim Levitt earlier in the week, the defensive coordinator for SMU, and we just embraced it. Like, she was about to ask a question. So let the baby ask a question next time. Well, listen, uh, tongue-in-cheek, Saban says, the best behaved you've been. I want that kid around every day. I like it. Uh, listen, it's the world It's the world we live in. Uh, it's really Sam's world, and, and he's going to show us now what makes him go auto mine. Well, the first thing, Wendy, we have to celebrate. It's the 15-year anniversary of Marshawn Lynch getting on the car and making everybody go auto mine. Swerve, hey, swerve, hey, <laughs> swerve, hey. That's like nobody was injured. Nobody, he was swerving. Whip in the whip. Yes, Marshawn Lynch pretty much invented this idea of just people doing crazy things. 
on the whip. I don't know anybody else who pulled that off. So that's the first Acho mine. Number two, my dude, Tennessee. Oh jig, dance, jig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Look at him. Look at him. I, I, like, those are some of the best <laughs> dance moves and also kind of the worst. But the best dance moves I have ever <laughs> seen. Tennessee volunteers. He volunteered to dance for all of us. Let's keep that film going. And the Titans shirt on. I respect it. And last but not least, got to spike it. The game's on the oh. line. There's four seconds left. Colin Schutz took a knee. Four, oh, no. three, two, oh. one. Oh, the time is. Are you Acho? My Colin oh. Schutz, University of Wisconsin, Plattsville, Division Three school. And he was just, he just kind of chill. He just like walked off, kind of chill. Like, well, it is what it is. Well, we lost again. Oh. Come on, Colin. We gotta oh. be better than oh, that. That one hurts. That made me go Acho. That Listen, I, guys, before we go. You know, we were talking about homecoming, uh, homecoming weekends at HBCUs. Everybody's got that one, like, dance move, you know, the one at the wedding that you pull out. You got, I, I got that. This is me. Sam, what's your dance move? What's your one go-to? I know so you So right one. now, it's, I don't even know if it's like the Chopper City, like the Chopper City juke. Bomb. You know, this camera's not big enough <laughs> to get okay. it. I like but it. that's my current. I like it. I get you. Roddy, let's go. What you got? I'm going with the beat it. Let me see it. Going away. <laughs> Oh, 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 He's off the okay. screen. He's okay. off the screen. Have a good weekend, everybody. Oh, no. Winnie, what you got? Uh, what are we going to call it? Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.